listening to the Brooklyn USA podcast, an occasional audio love letter from Brooklyn to the world. In the first episode of the season, Ross Perlin of the Endangered Language Alliance took us on a deep dive into the linguistic history of the region we now know as Brooklyn. In this next installment, we're going to go back to the beginning of that history to learn more about the languages spoken by Brooklyn's first inhabitants. Producer Yasha Kalbach spoke with the descendants of those original Brooklynites about what their people lost, what they held on to, and how their language is the key to the resiliency of their culture. Luanamihana, we experience the winter. I want to speak to the power of indigenous languages. All things culture are based in language. Language is the foundation of all things culture. Part of the erasure of the Lenape people through conversion and through domination of our Lenape societies by European colonists so that they could have control and power over the land and commerce and natural resources and the like, everyone was forced to learn to speak English. I believe that's still going on today around the world. My name is Curtis Zuniger. And I'm an enrolled member of the Delaware Tribe of Indians, where I work in our Tribal Cultural Center at headquarters in Bartlesville, Oklahoma. The Lenape Center for the last 10 years has uh, sought to establish a presence, a very visible presence, to promote the history, the arts, the culture, the language, and the enduring presence of the Lenape people in New York City. I am a co-director, that is correct. But I am greeting you today from our Tribal Cultural Center in Bartlesville, Oklahoma, which is also the home of the Lenape Talking Dictionary, which is a product and an ongoing project of the Delaware Tribe of Indians. We carried with us the Unami dialect, and that's principally what is spoken here and has been taught, has been preserved. The Unami and Muncie dialects are noticeably different enough when they are spoken. You know, the regional differences, use of different words, slang, all of these things put together um, can be attributed to looking at Lenape Hoking and let's just say the greater New York City area, all the way up the Hudson. Think of it the same as looking at a map of today and looking at different towns and different geographical locations 
that are separate enough that the use of a common language develops its own identity with the, again, the dialect, the inflection, the nuance in the uh, slang terms. My name is Nicole Pecor. I am from the Stockbridge Muncie Band of Mohican Nation. I am the Muncie language teacher for the language and culture department. There's different nations of Lenape people, so we have the one here in Wisconsin, the Stockbridge Muncie Band of Mohican Nation. Then we have um, two in Ontario, the Muncies, and then Moravian Town. And then um, there's the Delaware tribes down in Oklahoma, in Anadarko and Bart Bartlesville, the, the Delaware tribe and the Delaware nation. Um, and then there's families scattered throughout the East Coast and, and some in Kansas. It's a sensitive issue. Um, our elders and even even our young elders still struggle with the identity of you know culture and language loss it wasn't until you know the 70s that we were able to freely practice our language and our culture so you know um, my generation was alive then <laughs> so uh, so it's my parents generations and their parents generations who still struggle with that and it's getting them to a comfort level of being able to just being able to use it being able to identify with it being and if you've spoken English all your life uh, any change or any anything different is is awkward at first even if it is your own because you've, you've never been able to um, connect with it there's a, a lot of uh, uneasy feelings you know even though they know it's safe now um, it's still just bringing it to a comfort level and that's one of the reasons why um, I've decided to to do family classes, you know, just to go and be in their environment so that they can feel safe. Language persevered. Language survived even after attempts to abolish it. Yes, America has a history of abolishing native languages by putting children into government-run boarding schools. That experiment began in the 18, late 1880s, put, taking Indian children out of the homes, off the reservation, putting them in Christian and government-run boarding schools, forbidding them for speaking their language, and forcing them to learn English in a sense of, this is the only way you're going to survive in the white man society, is to learn their language and become educated enough so that you can work and be a productive member of society. After colonial contact, there is documented evidence in great quantity, and which causes most people to get pretty disturbed when they find out that what was ostensibly um, a welcoming uh, partnership between the European colonists and the indigenous people, the Lenape in New York, it really became uh, an effort to run the Lenape off their homeland through everything, including uh, massacres, murder, um, and theft of land. And by pushing the Lenape westward out of their homeland and ridding the area of all of the native people, the Europeans, first the Dutch, then the English, and later the Americans, uh, basically took over 
uh, what's now New York City. Language must be dynamically preserved. And it's different from pulling a book off the shelf because language, it has a spirit. That spirit comes out when a word is spoken, when that word is heard by someone else and a response comes back. It creates a circle of communication. And in doing so, that's where the spirit of the culture comes out. And that's how we must preserve our language by using it. Language and culture are one and the same. For me, that's what it is. I think the language is the key to understanding our connection with this world. And so for me to be able to give that to people and, and to work on um, doing my part to keep it going is I take pride in it and, and knowing that that's going to be here for my grandchildren and my children, you know. Every sound that exists in the language has a, a visual meaning to it. So we say squirrel. In English, we say squirrel. <laughs> you know, um, that doesn't have any more meaning. That just tells us that that's the name of that animal. In Munsi, we say pasukulinjau, which means the playful one. So you could call a squirrel pasukulinjau, but you could also call a little kid pasukulinjau. Another one that I I like to share with people is in English we say I love you. In Munsi we say it is you I love. Kitawalo, because when you are talking to somebody, they're first. They come first. You you that's a sign of respect and 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 love you know, to, to put that one first. So the way that the language is designed and, and understood, it's a way of being that's built into the language. The way you see and understand how everything is connected and how the world is in its natural state, it's all built in the language. What is uh, pretty important to me is that we inspire a younger generation to want to learn the language. It is happening to a very small degree. There's certainly interest because it's empowering. It's very empowering because when we speak our language, when we sing old songs in the tribal language, we are connecting with our ancestors and our ancestors sacrificed so much during that westward migration, during the days when they were uh, in the Indian boarding school as children, sneaking around and whispering to each other in their language so that they weren't forced to give it up, even with threats of punishment. And today, we have the opportunity to benefit from those sacrifices in the name of those ancestors and develop ways that we can continue to speak our language. And um, I'm ever so grateful that I'm part of this effort. Some of the linguists and some of the educators and some of the uh, oh, government agencies and the like classify Lenape as a uh, 
as an endangered language in the sense of it being gone forever. It's not going to be gone forever, certainly on my watch, uh, thanks to the work of the Lenape Talking Dictionary. My job here with the Delaware Indian Tribe is working with our language project director, Mr. Jim Rementer, to continue building data into the Lenape Talking Dictionary. For the benefit of your uh, listeners, uh, we actually have a website, www.talk-lenape.org. It is an amazing online apparatus of lessons, stories, videos, historical examples of the language. Yeah, my name is James Rementer and I live in Bartlesville, Oklahoma, and I work with the Delaware Tribe of Indians here in Bartlesville, and I'm the director of the Language Project. Curtis and I um, are basically co-workers at uh, trying to preserve tribal culture and, and uh, work on a museum, but we're also good friends. We've been friends for a number of years. Starting about 1998, we started developing what would eventually become the Lenape Talking Dictionary. And to the best of my knowledge, it's the first online dictionary of a Native American language uh, that has sound files. The uh, sound files that are with the Lenape Talking Dictionary were mainly made from recordings uh, we made with our tribal elders. Uh, these were people who grew up with Lenape as their first language. The Delawares here are not on a reservation uh, like some tribes where they've got their own reservation. When the Delawares were forced to leave their next to last homes, which were in Kansas, they moved to Indian Territory, which became Oklahoma but they got stuck into the Cherokee Nation instead of getting land of their own. So they really didn't grow up speaking much Lenape. And that's why uh, my, my time once I moved out here permanently in 1962 was spent with the older generation. It always makes me so happy and, and uh, glad when I see the younger people like at a tribal council meeting several months ago, uh, one of the younger people on the tribal council opened it with a prayer in Lenape. I, I was actually talking to uh, uh, Aunt Nora at some kind of a function, and this young guy, he kind of got me to one side. He said, well, you ought to quit talking that foreign language. I said, wait a minute. I said, you're the one speaking the foreign language, you're talking English. I said, that was brought over here. And he studied about it, he said, yeah, I guess you're right about that. This uh, little song 
my uh, grandfather did with us when we were little kids. And this was a sort of a little animal song he, he taught us. Quish, quish, malimo. Quish, quish, malimo. Hoping for so. Hoping for so. Hoy, 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 yeah. Hoy, yeah, yeah. Hoy, 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 yeah. Hoy, yeah, yeah. I think that it's really important, especially in our homelands, to to recognize that, you know, there were people there and that they lived. That's one of the things that I've noticed in our travels is that I, when we go back home, we're like, you know, have this emotional experience um, because our ancestors walked and lived on that land for thousands of years. And there's been so many things that have happened there, uh, good and bad, you know, so it's always emotional. I can see my people living there, and it's such a beautiful place, and then, you know, we get moved, and they moved us into the most undesirable places, because, you know, they didn't want that land. It just depends, because, you know, we're, our nations are all separated when we once lived amongst each other in this beautiful land that we no longer have, and that's where the footsteps of our ancestors that made it possible for us to have the life that we have existed. Typically, the Lenape language in describing or naming a place, um, the words are characteristic of the visual that is seen uh, in the application of that word. I think for me, whenever I go back to New York or Pennsylvania or New Jersey, and I go to the waters and I try to say a few things in Lenape, give a prayer of thanks, offer tobacco. Um, when I do that uh, on the actual homeland of the ancestors, that is incredibly empowering and it is also humbling because in a sense it it gives the feeling to me that i i'm like an orphan you know uh, as a as a the lenape were pushed westward you know i'm out here in oklahoma and this has been the home of the delaware tribe for uh 140 years now and yet when i go back to the Hudson River, I feel like I have returned to my mother, Earth Mother, as an orphan to be able to come back and reconnect with, with my Earth Mother is so not just empowering, not just humbling, but it completes that circle that I talk about about coming back to the homeland and reconnecting and realizing that we are still here. Oh, 
Listen, my father speaks Urdu, language of dancing peacocks, rosewater fountains, even its curses are beautiful. He speaks Hindi, suave and melodic, earthy Punjabi, salty rich as Sag Paneer, coastal ki Swahili, laced with Arabic. He speaks Gujarati, solid ancestral pride. Five languages, five different worlds, yet English shrinks him down before white men who think their flat, cold, spiky words make the only reality. Brooklyn, USA is produced by me, Karel Palmer. And me, Emily Bogosian. And me, Shirin Barry. And me, Charlie Hoxie. And me, Mayimi Sato. With help this week from Yasha Kalbach. You can find Yasha at yashafilm.com. That's J-A-S-I-A-F-I-L-M dot com. Thank you to Curtis Zuniga, Nicole Picor, Jim Remintier, the Lenape Center, and Sriyanka Ray. Sriyanka read the poem, Dreaming in Gujarati, by Shelja Patel. Listen to more Lenape words, sentences, grammar, songs, and lessons at www.talk-lenape.org. The Lenape Talking Dictionary is the intellectual property of the federally recognized Delaware tribe of Indians in Bartlesville, Oklahoma. The use of any written or audio material from this site shall require the advanced written permission of the Delaware tribe of Indians. To learn more about the Endangered Language Alliance, support their work, and view their interactive language map, visit www.elalliance.org. If you want to tell us a story or somehow end up on our podcast, check the show's notes for a link to our guide on recording a voice memo on your mobile phone and sending it to us on the internet. And if you like what you hear or think that we missed something, Comment, like, share, and subscribe. And follow at Brick TV on Twitter and Instagram for updates. For more information on this and all Brick Radio podcasts, visit www.brickartsmedia.org radio. We are on the unceded territory of the Lini, Lenape, Canarsie, Shinnecock, and Moonsee people. We acknowledge the many indigenous nations with ties to this land, and we recognize that the Lenape still call Manahata home.